This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, we've got none other than a returning friend of the podcast and fellow property podcaster, Tej from Tej Talks. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very happy to be back here. You're, you know, the diligence and organization of this organization is incredible. And it just, Thank you know. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming, coming up to, to, to two years of, uh, in fact, I think we probably hit our two year anniversary by the time this goes out. This is <laughs> the organized character, you know, everyone is organized and like on it. You have to bring some human, it's the human side of it. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody the taking us side. 23 minutes to start today. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, only 23 minutes late. So, um, so yeah, so um, uh, yeah, Ted, you're back um you're back again um and uh here to talk about something a bit different maybe or but maybe this was more of the same we're just going to continue the conversation i think yeah i think last time we touched on a few different things but i think um you know especially with lockdown social media has just become even bigger and there's like more platforms like tiktok and things like that and i think it can be quite hard to you know i suppose see who is real and who isn't real and then, you know, leading from that, you know, more important to yourself, like who's actually a real friend, who's a fake friend. And I suppose in general, who is real and who's fake kind of on social media, because there's so many avenues and types of fakeness and types of realness, maybe that, you know, we, we can talk about. So how many types of fakeness have you identified to date? I would say there's, okay, the main faker is what I like to call stunting or stunting if you you know Queen's English and that is you know walking down a street oh there's a Lamborghini there take a photo of me in front of it put a picture up caption work hard play hard you know hashtag raging bull whatever it is there's that kind of faker right now you don't really get this in property much you know the stacks of cash the watch is just like just another day you know hashtag Rolex you don't get that as much in property, but, you know, I think you get it, you know, on a kind of more subtle level, you know, oh, just in front of a development that I've crowdfunded and put in a hundred pounds of, but I'm funding this development. You know, I think you get kind of mm. that fakeness as a main one. And then I'd say there's a couple others, you know, like buying fake followers. There's other ones in terms of like, you know, over inflating stuff and you know, deflating stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a few sort of niches in the fakery. And then there's the kind of main one, which is just stunting and really kind of pretending quite heavily and hardcore. Yeah, I suppose which one annoys you the most? Like which one like irritates you the most when you see it and you like easily identify it? I think the most easily identified one is the just straight up like stunting and not kind of saying anything, you know, just being or posing or kind of just yeah. being around things that, are not theirs that one's I think really easily identifiable because if someone did own a Lamborghini and they were going to post about it I would say most people um yeah they might sort of show off about it but they'd say something about owning it or they'd say you know oh you know I'm so proud of this it's taken me 10 years 
I think there's a kind of difference in when people actually own something or, you know, whatever, mm. kind of talk about it. Um, you know, the one that annoys me the most is probably, I mean, that one does to an extent, but I think the kind of, you know, when it's subtle, but obvious, if you know what you're looking for, that's quite annoying because, you know, you see people sort of flocking to them or going to them and paying them for whatever services, but you look at it and you just like, but that's not real. That's not how it works. That's fake. I know that's not mm. true. And it's like, how are people still, and I blame people for this as well, because society is dumb as hell, like for also falling for this yeah. kind of stuff as well. So I think that's probably the most annoying one is when it's it's so obvious to us, but it's very subtle to other people. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, actually. And I guess probably because of, you know, the, what, what we've been doing over the past six, seven, eight years, however long it's been, um, and all the personal development and training and being around people and networking and stuff, you get to recognize the fakers um, and who is standing out in the crowd as being trying too hard to be the big the Johnny Big Bollocks or whatever it might be. I think there are quite, you look at these accounts and anyone who's listened to the podcast before will, um, will know our episode of FOMO and it's something which um, is something which I you know what does that say suffer from it's something i have to be aware of and um i see like big instagram accounts blowing up and it's like oh these guys just blown up overnight you know what's actually going on there and it's like okay yeah because you've got the, the grafters which kind of grow gradually i'd like to kind of put us in that in that kind of box because you know there's not something we haven't done is going by ten thousand followers something you know, we haven't you know you try, we haven't done that because we know that it's quite obvious that that's fake and we don't want to be put into that same bracket as that as that fakery so um the organic growth i think is important uh, and when someone just suddenly blows up i yeah I, I struggle to reconcile how that suddenly happens and you know what has gone on behind the scenes to to force that to happen and almost part of me is waiting yeah, not not in a negative way, but waiting for something to turn around and them just disappear again in this, as quickly as they turn up. Yeah, I think you know what people can kind of grow literally overnight and go from you know ten thousand to like a hundred thousand, but not. I really don't think it can happen in property and these kind of niches. If you're like a dancer or if you're like a comedian, yeah. like yeah, yeah that yeah. stuff can go viral like hundred x. Yeah. which is kind of good for us though, because if we see that, it's like yeah what did you do to get there and mm. i think the buying followers thing is hilarious because it is so obvious like unless you spend money also buying yeah. likes and also buying real comments which yeah. you know no one does all of that it's so obvious like okay you got 37k followers but you're getting 60 likes and like 400 views on your videos that you know that ratio does <laughs> not add up um and there's like no comments and but then you know what then I'd love your thoughts on society as well because people fall for it. Oh my God, they fucking followers, take my money. And it's like, bro, click on a post and actually look at, look at it. And then you'll, you'll logically think, okay, well, what does like, you know, what do these guys get? What does she get? What does he get? And then why is that so off? So I'd love your thoughts on like the role that people have to play maybe in the fakery as well. Yeah, I think people are drawn to the shiny pennies. They see the Lamborghini or whatever it might be and think, oh, yeah, I really want one of them. And that's all they're thinking about. They're just thinking about the Lamborghini and getting the getting rich quick. That's what they want. And they're not worried about anything else at that point. So they just 
completely blinkers, complete blinkers on and just focusing on the on the on, on the money and on the on the the materialistic things that you can get from it. And um, I think pe people just but then you will hear if something goes wrong, they get their fingers burnt, they lose their money. Then suddenly it's like, oh my God, poor me, poor me. What did I do wrong? And if you think back to when when we first started in property. But that's because yeah. greed is always sorry, Joe. You're a bit behind the times here. Take on. Carry on. No, go, go, go. Um, I know my internet's atrocious. Or talking of like, you know, aspirations. I would just like to have good internet apart from anything else. I'm like having the worst day today. I think I'll just shush. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be good to have something different for change. Then <laughs> no, it's not the Joe show today. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just saying, like, we all started um, in property by doing, a, by doing a course. You're lucky that I've turned my video off. You are, and you're still so far behind. We've moved on now. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, we, we all started by doing a course. So we were at some point, um, Joe Public, who were walking around going, okay, um, what are we going to do with our lives? You know, it was like music school um, kind of background and how am I going to get property? It kind of, it came in, came to me by accident and obviously sold by the shiny penny. Um, and uh, I think back then I was actually quite, I'll say gullible is a word, but um, I was more susceptible. I was more malleable. I was more, wow, I, I, wanna, I want that. You know, and now when you look back, you look at some of the things like actually that's, you know, the the, the perception that I had when, when I first saw it was actually that's not necessarily the 100% reality. And I can see how this, like the stories that we were told got me to make the decisions that I did. But then if they hadn't done that, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So part of me is like, well, I think um, there's, a, there's a happy medium where you need to sell the dream about this is how it can be, yeah. but without, but also sell the reality. I think so it's, it's selling both, both sides of the coin. So that shiny penny has got one shiny side and one very dull side. And I think when you show both sides of the coin, that's when um, you, you're doing the right thing. So as a training provider ourselves, do the right thing ethically yeah, um, yeah. By, not, by not scaring people off by showing how hard it can be, but also just being being honest and saying well actually there are tough times but actually you've got to be active to to make a difference in whatever you're doing i think the, the actual genuine trainers are not the people that are out there uh with their taking pictures in front of lamborghinis they're taking pictures of real life stuff that's happening doing developments themselves investing themselves um being doing the do so showing people that they're doing it every day and able to teach it or to train us at that time. I think that was one of the things for me when I was looking for um, training it initially, was that working with people that are actually doing it rather than people that just talk about doing it. How many property investors yeah. do you know that actually have Lamborghinis? I know um, four or five with Lamborghinis and one with a Bentley. Yeah. Hmm. The one with a Ferrari. And I know a couple with, Fer with Ferraris, nobody with Lamborghinis that I know of. I think I just attract 
these uh, these Lamborghini owners. They just see me and uh, they just, you know. You, you know why? Like you could be because a you go and, owner, is that it? <laughs> you go stand in front of their cars taking selfies. That's, <laughs> yeah. how, that's how you know them. You put your probably business great, card on the, uh, yeah, great, on the great ring. Yeah, great networking. I'm going to put my business card in there um, in the windscreen wiper. I think, you know what you said about being Joe Public and being kind of gullible? I think like, you know, as much as I take the piss, like I do get it because if you didn't know anything about an industry and someone who looks the part, which as far as I can tell, that's the only way we can assess at that level, um, is saying you can do it in X many days. You know, most of them are not saying, but it's really hard, by the way, like you said, the dull side, you believe it. And even if they are saying, you know, it's really hard, though. Like, so just be prepared for, you know, a lot of work. Like, like now said at the start, you're just thinking seven days financial freedom. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, whatever. I'm hard. Yeah, it's fine. It would be easy. Like, you don't even want to hear that. And I think it's kind of like it's the chicken and the egg. It's like, you know, no one's necessarily to blame specifically. I think everyone carries some blame of it Um, because, you know, the people will say, well, how am I supposed to know any better? And then the people selling it will say, why should I do any better? Like, you know, and it's kind of like that circle between the two of them, you know, with the kind of like fakery. Um, Then I think on the total end of the spectrum, you have some people who are very anti just, I don't know what the word is, anti kind of anything you do. You know, you launching a, um, you know, your management agency, they'll put it in their Facebook group and say, oh, who do these two think they are? Haven't got any experience. And you're like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you've released a book. Oh, well, how can you write? So you've really got people at the other end who just hate anything paid, incredible book, uh, who hate anything paid, anything, you know, that's kind of like, oh, no, it can't be true. It can't, You took two years to buy. Oh, no, it takes way longer. So you really have a, a, a fuckery, basically, of people at either end of the spectrum and people in the middle. And people who are new to it are listening to these you know staunch antiers and then these pro doers and it's like it is really hard you know when you're new to it to make that kind of decision i mean when you both started were there lots of you know was social media a bigger thing and were there lots of people now kind of selling services as there are now that's a good point actually because social media was not a big thing at that point it's only what six years ago seven years ago whatever it is um so facebook was obviously around and linkedin but I wasn't really following or in any property related groups at that point. Um, so the only connection I had with it was people that I'd met that had done training and had been um, investors for a period of time. That was the only link to it that I had at that point. Had I started now, if I were to start again, if, if they were starting today, then yeah, like Matt said, it could be a completely different story because you know, there is so much more out there and there is a huge ton of negativity as well as the positive stuff like you've just said. So, it, yeah, maybe it would be a more difficult decision to make at this point. I also think it's uh, like these days is very, uh, it is very difficult because there's so much noise out there. Mm. So when you're, if you're looking to start to get into property and you maybe, maybe you saw an ad from a trainer and you're like, oh, go actually that, that looks good and you, then you watch a video on youtube and you're like okay this is interesting and you wormhole and you find all sorts of different videos and content and people talking about it and there's you know loads of people who just sprung up doing training who have been around for a very little period of time and so how do you choose someone to get good advice from and how do you choose 
um, you know, what strategies, you know, you've got people saying, well, you can do rent to rent and you'll be financially free in a year. You can do, you go and invest and do become a developer or go and buy buy to lets uh, or, you know, go buy HMOs you know, uh, or service combination. Yeah, you know, let's start, let's start your own property doing rent to rent service combination. Yeah. But the, but the problem is people are coming at it from like a confirmation bias perspective, meaning that they already think they know what they're looking for by the time they go out and try and find it. So they're looking, they heard from someone somewhere that rent to rent was going to get them a million overnight. So therefore they start researching that, that particular message. And then what happens is they're getting some idiot who's basically feeding off of that greed, pitching to that audience because it's making them a shit ton of money. And so they're not actually seeking out the source and the, what the source that's genuine should be saying is this is really hard this is not get rich quick it's get rich right it's not make a million overnight but also it's deferred gratification to people that that accurate supply of information and that particular um you know budding property investor they're never going to cross paths because they both exist in different spaces that's kind of how i see it mm. I, th- I, think I think that, that makes, makes a lot of sense and like I think now going back to again what you said earlier about the real trainers or the real people are actually showing it I think one of the easiest ways to identify a real person and again this can this can be faked of course it can I can say to you Matt give me one of your keys to your HMOs I'm going to go film some content and I'm in there oh look at my HMO it's so easy to do right but generally I think you can spot real people by you know are they documenting their journey like are you seeing them every week doing viewings are you seeing them, you know, like analyzing deals or are they showing this? You know, are they talking about, oh, you know, in this property, you know, pipe leaked and this happened and that happened? Or, or is all you are seeing is, you know, advertisements for something, you know, the, the positives, the, oh my God, great deals, money, money, money. Like if you're not seeing one, anything documented or two, the actual reality, because everyone knows that nothing is perfect and things go wrong and things break. If you're not seeing that from someone, what are you going to learn from them? Like learning how to make money is great, but then you need to learn how to protect your money, right? And how to keep making that money and how to save money and how to not lose it. So I think, and again, it goes back to like the chicken and the egg, you know, it's like society doesn't want to see that, but you kind of know in the back of your head, you do want to see it. And then it kind of leads to a thing where, you know, people who do just show the positive do get a lot from social media because the people just want the positive you know that's what it sounds yeah yeah they, they, they want the dream this this is why you know industries like wealth creation financial freedom uh weight loss uh confidence personal development you know these are industries which are you know hundreds and hundreds of years old and will continue to to be a big industries because people always want the grass is always greener on the other side so people go ah oh, i would like to do this that's just, this is what i want to be um and yeah, sometimes it takes people a long time so to work out exactly where they're going. So, for example, when I started, I bought a course in public speaking. I bought a course in property investing. I bought a course in Forex trading, you know. And if it was today, I probably would buy a course in you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and, and all of that. And, you know, the stuff I'm starting to, starting to dabble in. I was going to say, no one knows a good course. <laughs> I'm doing okay, just, <laughs> just with the little bits I'm doing. But, you know, it's all right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's... People can spend a lot of money before they actually know where they want to go. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's enough things at a kind of free level. I'm going to say free is less than 20 quid 
you know, books, podcasts, networking events, any, you know, you can go and just listen to a rent rent person, then go listen to a HMO person, go listen to Bytelet, and then from there kind of figure out what you want to do and follow people on social media who are doing what you want to do and, you know, learn from them and take from them. Like, and then soon enough, you'll kind of realize like who's real and who's fake because I think a lot of people fake it really well, but they don't pretend to be real really well. Like there is a stark difference from certain people to certain people. And I think people starting out need to understand what will suit them also what they can afford to do and also i suppose the better more dynamic question is instead of you know people saying how much money do i have right now if you've got three grand you're not doing hmos you're doing rent to rent you're doing deal sourcing the question more is how much money do i have access to you know that's the kind of question to ask yourself that and how much money you have and then kind of go from there into a strategy um and then you can look at all this other stuff and you know if you want to pay, you don't want to pay, whatever. But really that kind of first step there by following real people, not fake people, is going to get people kind of on the journey. And I think also, I don't know if it's like a cultural thing, but people are scared to ask, you know, how many properties do you have? Can I see them on company's house? You know, um, how do you structure things? You know, like, oh, could I come and see? Like people are kind of scared to ask for verification because maybe they're scared of the response or the person is putting out a certain type of vibe. But you know, if you want to get mentored by a buy-to-let person and they say they've got 20 of them, well, you should verify that they have 20 of them and that they can teach you and they haven't just sourced one deal and they're now, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's again, it's like both sides of the thing, like who who takes the lead, I suppose. I think there, there, there's also, you know, you also got a, like a group of people, if you like, who um, never, had never, have never figured out what it is they actually want to do. And they just become course junkies and jumping from one training course to the next training course. And they try property and they try Forex and they try Bitcoin and they never actually settle on any one. And so I think it's a really good point of figuring it out what you want to do first and then go and learn that thing. Because, But then I guess on the flip side of that, you don't really know whether you're going to enjoy something completely until you've actually tried doing it. You know, you don't know if you're going to enjoy becoming a property manager until you're actually managing properties. Um, so there, there's, there is that element of it, but I guess the course junkies just tend to, in the main, stereotyping here, but in the main, we'll just go from course to course, but without actually taking any action mm-hmm. or doing anything after it. So you go and tra- learn how to become a property investor over a three-day weekend. Uh, on the Monday morning, you're not a millionaire, so you go and then look for the next thing um, and don't actually do any follow-up. Well, they also think they're getting closer to that yeah. dream as well. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, but one thing I think that, that that I have learned to do or started to do since becoming yeah, but an also investor, that I think what happens is they they end up, but they end up no carry on now. I'm, I'm honestly just carry on. Yeah. I think <laughs> what's the next, one of the things that I have learned to do is is to you know is to be more diligent with my goal setting and my planning and uh, you know looking at what I want from the future and then working out how I get there. Um, rather than doing it backwards um, so the, and I wasn't really aware of that or didn't do a lot of that before I started working on personal development so maybe that's where people should start working on themselves looking at the personal development side and then figuring out what's a good match after that yeah I think you know every property property strategy works every business plan to an extent can work like every 
FX trading strategy works. You know, it's just, are you the person to carry it out? Are you equipped to do it? You know, can you do it? Have you got the emotional intelligence and ability to do it? So, and that's solid advice. If you sort yourself out, then, you know, regardless of what strategy you do, you'll do it amazingly um, because, you know, you as a person know what you're doing. It's like, if you, if you are a good, you know, whatever, you need a tool for your job. Mm-hmm. Even if the tool is a little bit crap or it's crap, but you are so talented, you, you can create Michelangelo's statue, you know, with a blunt shovel because you're so good. Um, and I think people forget themselves and it's kind of like, well, if I just have a process, a step-by-step guide, view this many, do this many, do that, which is great. You know, having a step-by-step guide is great. Oh, I'll just do it. And it's like, yeah, but you won't because you won't even have the like kind of emotional intelligence to speak to someone here then you won't get to this stage. And then you won't even have the motivation to keep doing this, which then gets to this stage because you haven't worked on yourself. And if you're following fake people, you know, your own self, like you're going to get worse as, uh, you know, your development's going to go backwards because you're going to think, what the hell, you know, this person's doing all this stuff, making all this money and they've done it two months or after one deal. No, like what? And it's going to kind of put you in a in, in the kind of wrong mind space where you need to follow someone real where you're like, damn, that just took two and a half years to do that development. Yes, you made half a mil, but bloody hell, have I followed you on that journey and seen the pain and you know been feel like I was next to you the whole time? <clears throat> you know that is where you're going to get the real kind of success. You know, on yourself because it's like your network, right? Who are you surrounding yourself by? Who are you? who's sitting at your table, who, who is kind of, who's your sounding board and yeah, who, who's giving you advice and whose story are you inspired by? Who's, who are you following? Mm. I think it just comes back down to that is the uh, inspiration. And you know, one thing that we um, are massive about is inspiring people. So inspiring people to be the best versions of themselves. And um, I think, yeah, people get confused that the, the aspiring image of someone sitting in front of a Lamborghini very different from an inspiring image um, of uh, someone who's um, been working at it for two and a half years and saying it took me two and a half years to get a half million pounds but I got there in the end you know that's a very different story to that kind of aspirational um, uh, image you say and um, you know I think um, Joe you were going to say something about being overwhelmed maybe she's so overwhelmed she can't speak has she maybe put it in the chat she has um but what she was going to say was that people nowadays are overwhelmed with yeah information and options and now i can let her speak no no she's she's, she's bowed out of this one <laughs> um good luck editing this one i know <laughs> thank you Aya. note to yourself listen to every single second and edit every single second um so yeah so so Joe, with her internet issues, is, is typing in today's podcast. And so she has um, typed to say that um, people are overwhelmed with information and options. Uh, just really hard to know what to do and which path to follow. Um, I think it comes back to that, all, all the noise that's out there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. So how would you advise that people cut through the noise? Any, any quick tips that they can sort of just implement now? I think... I'm um, a bit old school when it comes to um, networking and getting to meet people and finding experts. So I would recommend 
actually going out and going to networking events and meeting people and speaking to people. You can get a you can judge people a hell of a lot better when you're face to face with them than you can when you're um, looking at them or speaking to them um, online. And so if you're if you're thinking about a specific training organization, just go and meet them. Yeah. And uh, Joe is uh, chiming in to say um, she would say, find your tribe, uh, find the people that you resonate with. So I, I, I think um, I, I was going to say something about, you know, uh, you know, find your community, find a Facebook group and you know, join a bunch of property Facebook groups and see which one, um, you know, is helpful. You can resonate with. Um, and yeah, the thing is, there are hundreds out there um, ranging from small groups to massive, massive groups. Um, and yeah, you just just start to get a sense um, of, of of which groups work um, and who uh, and who is helpful. Um, but also, as Jay says, don't let greed be your motivation. So think about, OK, where do I want to go? Because you've got these two types of people. You've got people that are like, I want it tomorrow. Uh, and they go, right. And I see this a lot when I present. And I ask them a question, how, uh, how quickly do you think you can get to this point? You know, and we, you, know, you, you set a, a number, so how quickly can you get there? And some people go, right, six months. I'm just like, well, in order to, to buy that many properties, you've got to find them, get them through conveyancing, do the works, refinancing them. So you're not going to get there in six months because we're investing for, for a, a long term. So we have a vision. And then you've got other people that say, well, take me five years. You're like, well, you only really need five properties to do this and you can probably do five properties in a couple of years you know start slow and you ramp and you ramp up and so you've got people that um think yeah we can do it and it's really really quick and you've got others that just just kind of don't have faith in themselves enough to to, to do it so again it comes up those two ends of the spectrum and, and the people that say oh it takes too long so oh, i can't bother to start um because it's going to take me so long to get there and they don't believe that it can be quicker than their perception and then you've got the people that again um, don't want to start because it's not as quickly. It doesn't. You can't get there as quick as their as their perception. And I think that's probably a key word. There is it, it is the perception of timescales and perception. In fact, that's probably the biggest. That's the buzzword of today because it's real <laughs> versus fake. Yeah, perception. Yeah, I think also people need to kind of reflect on kind of what you said there about not being motivated by greed but also looking at it realistically if something is too good to be true and it like it just doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up you know like buying houses or doing this so quickly i mean legal process takes like three weeks just to get a solicitor to respond but like if something looks and feels a bit like oh wow like incredible you know i could have these returns in this amount of time unless it's crypto because those are actually true um then you know, you have to kind of look at it and say, yeah, I don't, I want this to be true. I wish, you know, we could have all these property gains in this amount of time, but the chances are it's not true. So the onus is kind of also on us when we're looking at these things to say, does this make logical sense? Do I really think this is possible. And then to kind of go from there, especially if someone says, oh yeah, I bought, you know, yeah, I just bought seven properties this month by myself, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it can absolutely happen but just kind of take a view on the realism of it and looking at the person's experience and knowledge. I know people who buy 10, 20 properties a month. It's possible. They've done it for 20 years. So it's kind of a walk in the park at that kind of stage, but someone doing it after a few months or a few years buying that many, you know, question things, right. Kind of have some critical thinking, I suppose is, is what we should all be doing like naturally anyway. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. 
So um, at this point, uh, we'd normally ask our guests, uh, you know, they come prepared uh, with, with a question. So, um, Tej, what question have you come for us? Have any of you ever, uh, you know, speaking Have you ever? Thing, we're playing Have You Ever. <laughs> Never, ever. Have I ever? <laughs> this, could, this could go to get down a deep, dark hole. This could. Um, have you ever had you know on the topic of fake and real friends and, and social media and things like that have you ever sort of met someone or seen something that kind of looked super real at the start or was like wow blah blah blah, turned out to be super fake and all lies or the other way around have you ever experienced that or seen that very good question yeah i i, I remember being surprised so um so some people again you build that perception of someone in your mind about is that they say that they've done all this they've been doing it for this long and then then you find out how big their portfolio is you're like i thought it would be bigger um and but again not necessarily that the the size of the portfolio was a problem because it was still a decent sized portfolio but you're thinking well if they're investing for this long you know what why isn't why isn't it bigger um, but then again, the size of it probably comes down to your personal preference. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really, really, uh, yeah, it was just weird to see that uh, yeah, it wasn't what I thought it was. Interesting. I don't think I have, to be honest. Um, I, I can't think of a scenario where that, that's, uh, that would fit. I'm racking my brains here because like I've, I've like done, um, I've been around like lots of the tra training organizations saying what they were like at the beginning. Um, but I think for, for me, I did, I think as a, as a personality, you will resonate with a particular organization. Um, so for example, like, like you said earlier, all of the property strategies work. Um, but for me, it was going with the personalities of the people within the organization that I was more drawn to, that I felt that I could be part of, as Joe said, I could be part of their tribe. And I think that that was the thing that drew me to it. But I don't think there's any, um, anything specific, though, that made me think or, yeah, it didn't seem real. There was um, some, someone else, actually. So I, did, I joined a mastermind at one point, and... Um... I was given the impression that it would be, you know, an exclusive thing, you know, not lots of people in it. And I was thinking, okay, 10, 20 people. And, um, um, that, and the kind of within a couple of months, it had grown to about 50 people. And I was like, well, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. And, um, so it, it ended up being something which I only went to, you know, a few sessions of, because I didn't feel I actually got any value out of it. So that was something. So again, learning about that, you kind of see what, what other people are probably thinking about the value that they're getting um and um joe is um chimed in from her from, from the comfort of her text uh texting um her thumbs uh, she basically was teaching in a in a room next to another property uh, trainer and um basically just it was all fake 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 all fake fake fakery about um you know, you know that aspirational investment opportunity interesting interesting so shall we play a little game of uh, episode roulette? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let me just bring it up. So Ted, just as a recap, I'm going to scroll through all of our past episodes 
Mm-hmm. And you can shout stop at any point, and I will give you the topic of that particular episode, and you give us your view on that topic. So cool. it could be anything from tenant stories to licensing, all the exciting stuff. <laughs> okay, please, so, please be licensing. <laughs> so I am scrolling. Stop. Ooh. Okay. What we got? What we got? What we got? What we got? We've got episode twelve, goal setting. Well. <laughs> um so what are my thoughts on this yeah mm. you, is this something you do uh yes um you know i don't look at them every day i don't write them down every day that they are quite flexible because i'm quite fickle um no you know, never <laughs> I, I like the goals to be driven by numbers. My mind works in numbers. So if it's a hundred viewings, a hundred grand, you know, a hundred listeners, um, even though, you know, like money and the numbers in that sense don't necessarily matter. I think it's such an easy way to measure your progress. It's like undeniably, if you've got a hundred more listeners, you're doing something well and you're heading in the right direction. Um, you know, I have soft goals, I suppose, like, oh, it'd be good to get feedback on this or to, you know, but really the numbers don't lie and they allow you to measure it and improve it and achieve it. So I'm very numbers based on my goals. Um, like I said, very flexible. I kind of set them, I'd say I'd set like a yearly goal. And then as we get into it, I probably review them every, I mean, I probably do review them every month and kind of check where we're at and like what the numbers are saying. And then maybe every six months I have like a proper review, like what the hell have you done? What is going on? Where are we headed? Um, but I'm not, like I'm not someone who is like, you know, there's a lot of people and I, I love this who are like so heavily goal oriented. They write them down every day. They look at them every day. They is always back here in the back of their mind. I'm just a bit more casual with it. I'm a bit more comfortable, I suppose, in the sense that I'm like, my goal is to just continue being happy and being content and looking out of the countryside and just loving it, you know? Yeah. And so the other goals are all secondary to that. You know, my main goal is just being present and being still. And if I can do that, then I'm happy. And what numbers do you attach to being happy? What number is happiness to you? How many balls of mozzarella are in the fridge? That is the, nice. the official Tej <laughs> happiness scale. No, I, you know what? There is, there is no number for happiness. It's, um, I mean, I wonder if you could. I suppose there, is some, there would be some type of measure, but no, mine is just how I'm feeling. You know, it's kind of like checking in every day or wherever and just saying is is this it you know is this the and i suppose happiness is tricky because happiness and contentment are they goals or are they the kind of journey and the goal it's kind of very philosophical i think and goes kind of all into one big you know your world that's a good point actually because maybe if you if you're on target with your goals and everything is going according to plan then you're going to be happy because you're on the right path or doing the right thing perhaps hope so yeah 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 interesting very interesting like I think there's a lot of um, a lot of trades of thoughts when it comes to goal setting and how it should be done and it should be all the various methods. But if you find one that works for you, then that is the right method. <laughs> I think some people are very very precious about their their methods, and they say, "Oh, everyone should do it my way." Mm. Um, so I, I remember um, you know, people trying to conform to the Miracle Morning. Mm. and using that as a form of goal setting and, and um, personal development and some people starting it for, and doing it for like two weeks three weeks just be like oh this is just not me and thinking that they failed because that form of personal development and goal setting didn't work for them but i think the key thing about the miracle morning is it doesn't have to be done at five o'clock in the morning 
um it's yeah, about habits yeah. the whole book is about habits not mm. about um yeah exactly how you do it so um yeah interesting yeah your morning can start a little bit later <laughs> <laughs> it definitely gets especially now it's darker in the morning and it's like it's, yeah. it's just harder to get up like i'm yeah. struggling at the moment yeah especially yeah, when you have a daughter who like headbutts you in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> i look forward to that <laughs> um Love it. anyway should, Love should we do it. one more like rapid fire do one more okay i am scrolling again Ted. stop you always forgot <laughs> okay this is episode 31 pressure dun, 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 dun. um Do i you mean suffer from pressure do you feel pressurized i don't really feel pressure i just don't really care about anything enough <laughs> to feel pressure you know, you know when you're just like look it's gonna work out because i'm working hard because i got my shit together you know i don't feel pressure and because i don't know i suppose i'm at a stage in business where i'm really running it and controlling it there is no time pressure yes on a refurb you know i want to pay the investor back i want to get it done so there is a pressure because i've done you know x many refurbs now i kind of just you know, I know that, well, once the plaster's done, let's wait till it dries, you know? Okay, your sparky's going to take four days. And now I'm selling a property in legals. I know it's been a month and a half. There's nothing I can do, but I'm doing everything I can. So yeah. for me, the pressure doesn't really come. I think I do get a little bit of overwhelm. Like, you know, I'm launching this new networking event and we decided to launch it very soon. And I'm just looking at the to-do list and our Slack chat and I'm like, when the fuck am I going to do this? And then I'm just sitting on Instagram for like an hour doing nothing. And I'm like, it's not helping. So sometimes the overwhelm can push you to being like not productive because yeah. you're like, oh, I need to do deep work, but oh, I've got this, I've got that. I need to get the right music on. And it's just like, oh, get on with it. So pressure, <clears throat> I like a little bit of pressure, um, but I, I like working how I like working. If you give me a task and say, it's due in seven days, it will get done. If you say I want it, you know, done in this particular way and like this that and the other with more pressure it's just never going to get done so yeah i'm very individual with pressure i think interesting yeah and i guess probably um why entrepreneurs tend to become entrepreneurs is because they've got their own specific way of doing things and don't like when other people are putting their views on them or telling them how to do things yeah no, so um, uh, as uh, we, we, we come to, to the end there, I think. And um, Joe, are you back? Are you back to say a hi and a bye? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So uh, for listeners, I have to say you've had a treat today because you've had um, a trio of, um, of men instead of... Uh, <laughs> instead of the dulcet tones of joe lightfoot so uh um, i was gonna say thank you so much tej for being with us today and um, how can people get in touch with you uh type in tej talks into any search bar on any device and you'll find me yeah indeed you will um and he's also got an amazing book called behind the bricks of which um, there are a couple of amazing contrib contributors also in the room um and uh, so go this room or another room which, which uh... this this this, <laughs> zoom, this zoom room yes yes of course um so uh, yeah go go get that one um but yeah so um thank you very much again it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me and miss joe lightford as well
and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See See you on the next next episode. episode.